0: I'm not pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the Drive to Work at Home Edition. So I've been getting a lot of people online asking all about frames and the making of frames. So I decided to go to the source. So I have Daniel Holt with us today. He's a senior game designer uh, in R&D, and he is in charge of making frames. So who better to talk about frames? So hey, Daniel. Hey, Mark.
1: Excited
0: to be here. So Daniel does has a lot of hats on. He do, he does actual he does a lot of game design in addition to doing all the framework. But um, he is in charge of the frame. So we thought what we would do is we would look at March of the Machines as our lens today to talk about like the making of frame. So really today's topic is we know we want a frame. How the hell how does how does that happen? How in the world do we get a frame? So why don't we start talking about probably the the most dramatic frame in all of March of the Machines. Let's talk about how battles came to be. From a frame standpoint. Let's just dive in. How how did oh, battles wow. just, come to be?
1: Jumping right in with the big one. Yeah. Um, let let's start with kickoff meeting. That's always the most fun. Okay, um, so what is what so, is a kickoff meeting? Yeah, so mechanical frame kickoff meeting. Well I'm gonna step back again, mechanical frames, that is anything that has gameplay relevance. So you know, booster fun or the, the really pretty aesthetics. Uh, that's a different uh, side of the design. Mechanical frames have to do something with gameplay. They help uh, cue in players to what to do with the cards and how to play them. So the kickoff meeting for that is where I sit down with the game design leads and other stakeholders. And I'm like, hey, tell me all the mechanics in your set, even if they're returning uh, and we evaluate those. So obviously battles was a big one that came up here. And, um, uh, I take away what, you know, Dave Humphreys uh, said that he was planning at the time and it was a little unclear how we were going to approach battles. So I gave all these different layouts and, uh, ultimately we had to test them because we're like, do we want them? Is this a single sided solution? Is this uh, you know, double sided, what size are these cards? Like this has all, some of these have a lot of text on them. Uh, how do we, how do we do this? Um, ultimately what we landed on, we did test a few uh, with uh, external sources, but what we ultimately landed on was a horizontal card so that it looks very different from other things while it's on the battlefield. And then when it transforms into your uh, your own piece whenever you attack it, uh, it's more of a normal card in that in that case.
0: Right, so horizontal just means it's on its side. It's la- sort of landscape,
1: right? Right, yeah. Um, and... You know, it's not every day you get to make a new frame. I should probably start with that. Like, Battle is a brand-new card type. It's got everyone, uh, well, we're recording now before Mom releases, but, like, everyone doesn't know what it does. They're all just guessing at what it could possibly be. So designing that new frame was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't, look, we don't make new frame. I mean, the last time we made a new frame was Planeswalkers, you know, so we, Yeah. I mean, a brand-new card type. Like, we don't make new card types all the time, and, um... So, the, a new card type has a couple things that are helpful. The biggest is we are allowed to bake some amount of rules into the card type. So, for example, planeswalkers on them don't explain exactly how planeswalkers work. Um, because battles were a brand new card type, we wanted to explain as much as we could, but it, it, we are allowed to ha- hide a little bit into sort of the, the, how the card type works.
1: Yeah, and there, there's still some visual cues I put in the frame, you know, uh, starting with the top, you know, it's, it's a DFC, so it has that new uh, tri- evergreen triangle upwards on the front, backwards on the back. Uh, it's got the reminder uh, little notch in the bottom right corner that tells you what's, what power toughness is on the back. And then it's got the new, uh, I'll say loyalty symbol, it's a, I think it's contested, um, where it, it kind of resembles the loyalty of a planeswalker, the mm-hmm. symbol for that. So people know that they can attack that symbol. Kind of like a planeswalker works.
0: Yeah, one of the things uh, I know in design that they settled on was the more it worked like a planeswalker for how you attacked it, the easier it was for people to understand it because like they could latch on to something that already exists. So when that right. happens, when we do something which hey, we want you to kind of think of like the, like a planeswalker in the frame design, are you trying to mirror some planeswalkerness to make people say these act the same?
1: Yeah, it's. What I try to do when I start making new mechanical frames is I try to change the smallest thing for the most effect. Uh, we have a lot of frames. There's a lot of proliferation there. Every time we make new mechanics, if I can keep making small changes that make make the thing function, uh, that's where I like to live. You know, whereas Booster Fun likes to go all out with all the bells and whistles. Okay, so and, and you brought up something important here. So let's
0: a lot of framework is building upon previous work, right? Yes. So when we talk about battles, we can't ignore double face cards. So, let's talk a little bit about, like, what are the challenges of making the frames for double face cards?
1: Right. Um,
0: I don't know where to go with it. Well, I mean, for example, one of the things is there's two sides of information and one of the big questions is how much information is the front side supposed to have to let you understand what the back side is? Um... Or, like, you talked about the symbols earlier. Like, there's a symbol on Double Face Card. You know, there's there's a lot of yeah. iconography and, like, you know, visual information that's, that's coming on a DFC.
1: Right. And with DFCs, you know, we kind of uh, solidified how they look, starting with Bro, you know, where, uh, like I said, I introduced the new uh, Evergreen Triangles, especially for Meld. Meld was new with that set, first time since Eldritch Moon. So we've kind of found our pace with uh, DFCs. Um, but here we, we did have to decide if we were going from you know horizontal to vertical and how that would look. And then obviously every time we do a new mechanical frame like DFCs especially, uh, Booster Fund then has to figure out where to place all of those icons. I know there's some uh, DFC showing up in our plethora of Booster Fund showing up with Mom where you're like, oh, there's a really cool stylized triangle up there. So that's something that team always has to consider when we do DFCs and stuff as well. So how do
0: you figure out whether the front was supposed to be horizontal or vertical? Like how how did that decision yeah. get made?
1: Um it again it was to it was to show, you know, that this is clearly a different type of permanent, this is a brand new frame that's ultimately a you know a, a borderless full art frame. Uh but we wanted to make sure that whatever this new card type was, mostly that it didn't tap. Like it's very unoff unoften that this uh battle will tap. Uh just like enchantments. Um so it was a little bit safer to be horizontal, but it also let us do these wide battle shots. I mean, they're called battles. <laughs> so that's, that's more of a landscape scene in general. So a lot of the art we were testing early on, I'm like, this looks really cool in a landscape form.
0: So another real quick thing for the audience is, um, so landscape is when it's horizontal it's sideways. So right. social uh, media, like movies, have a, a certain aspect ratio to them, right? So yeah. movies are three to five, I believe. Um, and TV is three to four, though it's slowly become three to five because TVs have just started to match what movies look like. And a sideways card closer matches the ratio of like a movie screen. So when people think of sort of cinematography, the sideways matches much more what sort of cinematography looks like.
1: Right, and we were seeing that in our early testing, early looks, you know, with stakeholders, and they're like, oh, this looks sweet. And, you know, even the art director, I believe it was Taylor Ingerson for this set, was like, oh, that's sweet, I can work with that.
0: Okay, so the other challenging thing about battles is the back side of battles, there's no consistent... I mean, it's always a card, but it could be literally any card type. It, it could even be an instant or sorcery. So right. h- how did... Like, what did you do? Like, the front is brand new, it looks very different, but the back is closer to a normal magic card. So mm-hmm. were there any are there any differences on the back? Like, what does the back of a battle look different from a normal card in any way?
1: Uh not really. They're they're pretty traditional DFC backs. You know, they got the, the dark color palette with the, the white text to show you, to further remind you that this is the backside. Uh but I know a lot of rules were coming up with some of the incident and sorceries like you mentioned because they had to they had to make the keyword work to where you could cast the backside if it was not a permanent because most DFCs, you know, exile and then return transformed, uh, etc.
0: So any other challenges on battles before we move on? Like any other Things that you had to think about that maybe the M person didn't even consider, but like you had
1: a you had to figure this out. Uh, not really challenges. I would say like the final thing I will say here was just getting the the ratio correct. Like how tall does the text box need to be to maximize how much art is shown? Uh, with allowing enough room for the rules and, you know, getting the security stamp on the side and, you know, just all the placement, the the full layout, and then just everybody getting signed off on the horizontal because that was a big, big discussion from some folks.
0: Oh yeah. You bring up something really interesting that, uh, having done set design, it finally came up to, to burn me. And I I realized that is, uh, (laughs) there are, there are art, all the art fits in a certain size and then different frames need different art in different ratios. Yeah. And that one of the things that's really important is understanding what ratio, like, the art director has to know what they're commissioning. Um, hmm. And so, like, sagas are new thing that, that, that are completely different, you know, they, they, they're these long, tall things, you know. And I, I know one of the challenges of, like, doing battles is introducing a brand new ratio. So, like, I don't know, how many different art ratios do we have?
1: uh quite a few and that's always my deadline for sure it's like uh i get to work on these for quite a while especially if we kick off the meeting pretty early on in the life cycle but i know my deadline is okay art directors are like breathing down my neck for i need the commissioning ratio so i can send this to the artists so they can start drawing on this so that's when i know i'm like okay i gotta wrap this up and figure it out okay so let's uh there's more double
0: face cards than just the battles so let's let's walk through the other double face cards so uh first up is the phyrexians the the on the front side, it's a normal creature, usually iconic to a certain world, and then it transforms into a Phyrexian. Is there anything yeah. different? I mean, obviously, we've done transforming double faced cards before. Do these function in any way different? Anything you had to do to them? Uh, nothing too
1: specific for these. A lot of the rest of the DFCs are pretty easy in the set, or at least straightforward. Um, but it was more, you know, work for the print production team because these frames just don't exist yet. Like, you know, we haven't done backside uh, sagas yet, so. That all has to be made, and so our frame library just continues to grow, and they have to keep managing that. Uh, but ultimately, they do look similar to normal. They have the the darkened color palette. Uh, we left all the icons, of like the, the lore chapters and the banner on the side, the same. Okay, you're uh, so. You, I
0: just realized I was talking about one thing, and you answered it different. Um, I was talking about the I'm a normal creature. And then I turned into a Frexian version of that normal creature. And then you were talking about the Praetors uh, that turned into yeah. Sagas. <laughs> um, there are a bunch of different DFCs. Um, so the Praetor saga is like, we had a Praetor frame, We had, or we have a normal creature frame, we have a Saga frame. So that's just, I, I don't know what, it, like, the thing people have to think about is, you, as you were explaining, the backside of a double-faced card has certain qualities that are different about them. We've never done a Saga on a backside. So you have to, like, how is the Saga different? Even though you have a... You have something to go off yeah. of because sagas have a look.
1: I mean, I think that's that's a majority of my job, right? Like, it's every time we have a set, it's like I, people can kind of understand how how it will look. Like, like you just said, like you're like, okay, it's a it's a creature on the backside, and it's got this attribute, and like we've done that before. I'm like, but we haven't done that on the backside yet, so we we do still have to make that frame. We have to, you know, darken uh, the the title and type bars. We have to. It just all has to be considered and make sure that the other teams know that that is coming down the line. And that's kind of where I act as the, the liaison between game design and creative is I'm, I'm in those check-in meetings and figuring those out.
0: Yeah, something for, for the audience to understand that's important is, so if we've made a frame, it exists. So like, oh, we've made a green creature frame or whatever. But every time we do something we haven't done, like Daniel has to make a brand new frame. Like the, Like it might be very close to a frame you know, but it is subtly a different frame. And that part of what this meeting is, you're talking the kickoff, is like, how many different frames do we need? And some of that is, okay, Battles is splashy, brand new card type. But a lot of it might just be, oh, like, for example, I know in Infinity, we, had, we made a colorless saga for the first time. That's what got us into trouble. Um, <laughs> and, and so, like, the, yeah, that's the, the art ratio story. Right? I got the art ratio wrong. Yeah. You know, that, that was just something we had, like, for example, when we make sagas, the first time we made multicolor side, because those are brand new frames. And each multicolor combination is slightly different because there's pin line, you know. Like for example, I, I know you don't know this off the top of your head, but like roughly just in the ballpark, like how many different frames exist for magic currently? Like to see people oh the idea gosh. of scope.
1: Oh, you should prep me for that question. Yeah. Oh man, those. <laughs> I mean, but it's like there's, hundreds, right? I would okay, I would say a hundred like just red frames. Yeah. That's the, that's the other thing is like when I, what I do is I make blueprints and then I Mm -hmm. hand that off to the production team for them to make all the versions and all of them print ready. So when we're talking number of frames, like let's say the saga frame, the saga red creature frame is, or saga red frame is just one frame. They have to make that for the whole Wooberg gold, all the two color combinations. So now we're at, what is that? That's, 21 yeah uh that's quick math 16 i think <laughs> um, but, but i'm like that's that happens for every frame so like it's it's a lot you know i hand off one version of the frame for battles for example i mocked up a, a red frame for a lot of the early meetings and stakeholders and then i handed that off to them and now when we see the main set we see all the variations of it yeah and th- one of the things about the meetings uh, what the design
0: has meetings with you it's like okay, what are you doing that we haven't done before? And what that might mean is, it might be a mechanic we've done before, but we haven't done in this color before. You know, right. oh, we're we're doing, you know, something brand new. Or like, for example, you, you just, you accidentally said this, but uh, it's a good example, yeah. is uh, in um, in uh, Neon Dynasty, we made sagas that turned into creatures on the back. Yep. You know, well, that's, okay, that's slightly different. We haven't made that before. You know, every, every time, even if we're just a, tweaking something that can just make a brand new frame that doesn't exist. And so a a lot of of meeting with you is like running through literally everything we're doing. So you can figure out, Oh yeah, this is a new frame. This is a new frame, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's just battles are similar to what you just said on neon dynasty where everyone's like, Oh, it's a saga on the front. We have that frame. I'm like, yeah, but we had to add a DFC icon. We had to figure out where the notch goes. The notch was like not on the right side, like normal. We put Mm -hmm. it on the left. Uh, so there was a lot of little little minor things that I tried to change, as I mentioned before. Okay, so let's continue on our double
0: face card. So uh, yeah. let's talk about the incubate token. So yes. we made for the first time ever a double face token. We had never made a double face token before. I mean, a, one that transforms that both sides are the same thing. I guess we've made double face tokens that are completely different cards. But as far as having a relation to each other, w- yeah. W- talk about the making of the incubate token
1: yeah this one was also straightforward in concept but then when i sat down to do it i'm like oh yeah we already kind of like darkened these uh the color palette to to look good on these um art tokens so the front side and we haven't done like colorless of this either so the front side had to stay like more of the neutral palette like we normally see not on tokens though we had to mimic you know, main set magic uh front sides and then the back side went dark so you can still tell the difference. And neither one has a casting cost because it's a token. So the we've still put the symbols up on the top right and left, but uh there's no casting cost up there. And then centered the text. Like all these little things we had to consider because we just haven't done tokens like this before.
0: Yeah, and like you were saying earlier that when you're making something brand new, it's trying to figure out what's the cleanest, easiest way that the audience will be able to read it and understand it. Um mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because when you see new frames, I think the audience, when they seem close to something that exists, it seems very obvious, but a lot of those choices aren't necessarily obvious.
1: Right. And that's, I mean, that's the best place to land, right? If the audience sees them, they're like, oh, that's obvious. and moves on with it. I'm like, okay, I did my job. <laughs> I did what was expected.
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking, what else? So we talked about the DFCs. Uh, what mm-hmm. other challenges, like what other
1: frames did you have to make for March of the Machines? Uh actually with the commander decks, we can talk about that a little bit. Oh, sure. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, the return of plane chase. So we have all the planes returning. Um this isn't a huge change. It was more of a more of a cleanup choice. But um there was a lot of filigree art uh frame around the sides of the of the old uh plane cards. We just decided to clean that up and make them a little more simpler while keeping the same aesthetic of the of the main boxes. That way, you just get to see more art. Uh, in general, we think that was kind of cluttering the sides and hiding some of the art on the left and right. So, does when
0: like we make something like planes, like planes for example, are a different size card? How much does yes. that? How much does that
1: matter? Or is the is, there, is the ratio very similar? The ratio is very similar. Um, don't quote me on this, but I. <laughs> I think the the aspect ratio is essentially uh, two cards, two normal size magic cards uh, make up the larger card. And these frames, while they were old, we did have the the files uh, and we were able to pull from that and let the print production team really work with that.
0: So whenever we get an old frame, so I guess another interesting part of your job is whenever we do a frame that we haven't done for a while, meaning it was kind of made in olden times, um, one of your jobs is to say, okay, is this frame ready for like, are there things that we've learned along the way that we want to apply to this frame?
1: Yeah. Um, I've been at wizard since January, 2018, which feels like a while ago, but it's only been five years. Um, so anything, any frame prior to that, I do have to dig up and, you know, um, I'm speaking of mom and frames, you know, we went back a while for the, uh, the booster fun frames. You know, we've revisited all the booster fun from all the different planes. Uh, some of those are before my time, like the Xlon frames and the Kaladesh. Uh, and then all of the booster fun team uh, has joined since those sets, so it was really fun digging up and seeing what we could work with those files and how they worked. And then obviously, we introduced a bunch of new booster fun for uh, planes like Tarkir. Do you have any interaction with Booster Fun? Yeah. So what I do with Booster Fun is um, I do UX design as well for uh, Studio X. Explain. And, explain what UX is. Uh, I just I, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, UX is user experience. So uh, just how players interact with the game, which again ties back to the mechanical frames. Uh, so what I do with user experience for the Booster Fun is I just help out a lot with testing. So um, we have a fantastic illustrator that actually joined the Booster Fun team during March the Machines, which cannot imagine this being your first set drawing all the Booster Fun. <laughs> um, what a what a ride that was! Uh, so, you know, he does all the all the assets, works with the art directors. I chime in from I'm like, hey, we got to make sure color identity is represented here. So I kind of I kind of do checks, and balances there to make sure frames, even when Booster Fun are representing the gameplay things, they need to. But then when it goes to testing, I try to unify all of that. So, you know, when we test, we want all the cards to have the same level playing field. You know, I put lorem ipsum style text on the text box just so players, when they're, you know, testing these, they're like, they're not trying to read the card and judge it on a game design perspective. They're truly looking at just the frame. So you you mentioned something, once again, that printing people will know, but
0: explain what (laughs) lorem ipsum, explain what that is. (laughs) Lorem ipsum? Yeah,
1: Yeah, Lorem Ipsum is just filler text. I don't actually use Lorem Ipsum on the test cards, but I'll, you know, the title will be test card name, creature dash subtype. First ability, second ability, this is reminder text explaining what this ability does. That's what I put basically on all my test cards, Mm -hmm. just so that players aren't reading them. Because back when uh, when, when I first started, I didn't do that, and I just kind of made up some stuff in there. And I would get feedback, like, this card is just too strong, or this card looks pretty weak. And I'm like, I don't want you to be reading that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's important when we do, we do testing that we want people to focus
0: on the thing we want them to focus on. And what we've learned yeah. is magic players really want to care about cards. And so if you give them information, they get very hyper-focused on that. Okay, so there's something else you do beyond frames I want to talk about, which is Symbols. So not only, oh, yeah. not only are you making the frames themselves, but let's, let's talk about the. I don't even know if March the Machine has new symbols, but I, I know you've worked on plenty of sets that have new symbols. What, what is the act of
1: making symbols? Um, yeah, we can talk about one of the big symbols, which is set symbols. Okay. Um, I do those. Uh, Martian Machine has, has a few of those. Um, I'm actually really excited about the main set set symbol because, um, as you know, it's uh, Elspeth's uh, sword stabbing uh, diagonally. A lot of people realized early on that this was Elspeth's sword. I obviously couldn't confirm it then. But now that it's been revealed, I was, uh, there's a moment in the story where Elspeth stabs Elish Norn with that sword. So that's the moment I was capturing with that set symbol. And if you rotate the set symbol just slightly to where it's vertical, it is actually a Phyrexian symbol being destroyed by the sword. Yeah, that's cool. So a lot of, <laughs> a lot of players didn't catch that early on. Is it
0: challenging coming up with
1: new set symbols all the time? Um, a lot of the world building really, you know, gives us ideas to go off of. By the time I start on Set Symbols, um, we already have the world guide. So I'm able to look through there and really get a feel for that. We'll talk about the world guide in a second too soon. <laughs> um, so I, I have a lot of inspiration from the world building where I can pull different things. And, you know, every setting is so different. And the real the real key with Set Symbols is just make sure they're distinguishable from each other. And you kind of get a reference when you see it. Like what what do you mix an awesome
0: set symbol? Like what what is the, the thing where you go, Oh, I've 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 nailed this set symbol?
1: I think simplicity plus flavor. Um, if you can describe a set symbol in one one in one word's great, but one just phrase like mm-hmm. swords breaking symbol for um, uh, March of the Machines. Um, you know, the commander set symbol is Elish Norn's head. Mm-hmm. Um I just I, I really like those some of the ones I like from the past. You know, like almond cat. It's a pyramid. Like mm-hmm. such, such simple and straightforward symbols are my favorite. Okay, so let's talk about that. That's the set symbol. Let's talk about symbols within
0: a set. Um, so, for example, uh, I mean the one I remember is because I you um, the only thing I've done set design on was infinity. Yeah. But we had to make a ticket. The, the, we had to get an icon for yeah. a ticket, <laughs> for example. And I know you. I know you did all the infinity um, frames and symbols.
1: Yeah, um I don't think March of the Machine has many or if I'm if it does I'm forgetting them. Uh but yeah, like Infinity has has the ticket, so that'll show up, you know, like energy is the same way from Kaladash. Uh basically any time that we need an icon over, you know, just the word for it, that's where I'll come in and, and do that. Uh watermarks in a similar similar way, you know, every foretell card has has the the Raven with wings spread from uh Kaldheim. Do, do you do watermarks? Yeah, um, we don't do watermarks water, watermarks as much anymore. Uh, I think because we kind of lose those in Booster fun, and I'm, I'm not sure they were conveying as much as uh, we would uh, like them to. But ultimately, I'm, I'm like, yeah, we can use watermarks here or not. Usually they're saved for factions, you know, like the Strixhaven schools, the Ravnica guilds. So do um, symbols that go in
0: text, do, do those have any different needs from symbols that go elsewhere,
1: like the expansion symbol? They have to be even more simple than the set symbol. Like, um, I mean, just based on size alone on the card, because everyone sees the sees my icons and stuff very large when I'm approving and talking to stakeholders, but you have to remember they go very small when they're printed on the card. The set symbol has, you know, a lot more room than the text box does as in terms of like line height for the text. Uh, so icons do have to be very, very clear. You know, the energy symbol is, is that... Pentagon with the lightning bolt, and then, like, the ticket is just a sideways... almost like a sideways rectangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very clear. Like, I need to go read this. I mean, they're like our mana symbols. Like, you just have to instantly know what they mean.
0: Yeah, one of the, uh, the challenges I know... Uh, th- this was before your time, so you have nothing to do with it. But uh, <laughs> I'll bring you an example where we ran into trouble. Um, uh, in, what was it? In Shadomora, we decided to do the untap symbol... And so the way we did it is we literally just inverted a tap symbol, like what was white was black, what was black was white, and then we, we mirrored it or whatever, you know, and the problem was people read it as a tap symbol because it was so close to a tap symbol that like people didn't, most people don't go, oh, this part's black and this part's white or, you know, it just, it read to people as a tap symbol, like we were too close to the tap symbol.
1: I love seeing people see the on top symbol for the first time. Even me, it trips up a little, but other people are like, wait, what is this? Yeah. When they see it now.
0: And it's a, it's a good example where symbols have to carry some basic information. And if you just are slightly off, it just, it confuses people. Um, right. A similar thing we ran into was, I know with energy, like if we had too much energy, you just couldn't tell how much energy there was, you know, there's one card
1: that's like, pay eight energy, right? Like yeah, yes, yeah, so The was. The whole line is just the icons.
0: I think we've moved to a system where we do number and then symbol rather than do, like, I think if the symbol appears three times or less now, right, we use the symbol, yeah. and if it's more than three, then we put number symbol,
1: because um, it was hard to read beyond three. Yeah, I, I think we even did that with Kaladesh now that I'm thinking about it. Um, one thing I really like about, go back to testing with new icons and things like that is, you want it to be instantly recognizable, and whenever you get to ask new players in testing, they're seeing it for the first time, you really get honest reactions and good feedback there, and that's Mm -hmm. one of the other benefits of testing, is like, you know, we stare at all these mock-ups forever, you know, game designers are pretty intuitive, they can, like, use context, but getting getting folks to look at it is the most valuable.
0: Yeah, no, it's... uh, The amount of... I don't think... The the other thing to, to point out is... Let's say you make something. Let's say you decide to make a, a new symbol or whatever. How many, how many, like, how many stages does it go through? Like, how many versions of of a frame or a symbol do you think exist?
1: A lot, especially if the if the option isn't clear. Uh, both battles and the like, Neo. How we were handling uh, saga creatures in or sagas into creatures and in, uh, Neo are. I had probably like 10 versions at the early testing. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to like icons, they they have even more because I'll just sit and I'll sketch all these different icons and I pitch them to stakeholders. Uh, I think I pitched 30 set symbols for Neo, but I'm a little biased for that set. Mm-hmm. Um, and even March of the Machine probably had 20. And then um,
0: you, I'm just talking about like, okay, you pick a symbol, they've agreed yeah. this is the general symbol or general frame how many iterate, like, how, how much do you tend to iterate beyond that? Like, once once you even agree, like, this is the thing we're going to do, how many iterations do you tend to have?
1: Uh, typically, once we figure out a direction for mechanical frames or even icons, it's pretty straightforward after that where I'll just, I'll make it as clean as I can and ready for the production team. So not not many iterations once we decide on a direction. Okay, so... Uh, unlike, okay. I would say the picking is the hard part. Once you pick it... Yes. And then it's just extrapolating. Getting everyone to agree on a direction is the <laughs> hardest part, for sure. Uh, but Booster Fun then has multiple rounds where you're like, yes, we like this direction, but, you know, it's all aesthetic. So uh, Dalton, our illustrator, just he'll keep iterating and getting things perfect and figuring out where all the colors should go, etc.
0: So anyway, I'm, I am I can see my desk from here, so we're almost done. So I, I just want to give you any any final thoughts on the frames and symbols of, of March of the Machine. Any... Big picture uh, review of, of all the work you did.
1: Uh, I think we covered a lot of the new stuff. I will say for March of the Machines, this set is so exciting to see finally happening. You know, all the planes coming together. I just, I think fans are really going to be excited by both the booster fun and just the return of their favorite plane. You know, we went back to Kamagawa, Now we get to see it again already. Like all the planes are just coming together. And this, this is an amazing moment.
0: Yeah, actually, and we, we see a lot of planes. Uh, yeah. Like, there's a number of planes, and I'm like, okay, wh- where's that plane from? Which which plane is that? <laughs> you know, so that's that's kind of fun. Like, if you are a Vorthos that really, really get into sort of, like, all the things we've ever referenced, you know, a lot of them are showing up. And some yes. some pretty obscure ones, too, so. But anyway, I want to thank you for being here today, Daniel. Um, It's fun yeah, talking frames. So I, I promised my, th- th- then I would talk frames, so I'm glad to have you on. Um, But I'm at my desk, so we all know that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So thanks for being with us, Daniel. Thanks, Mark. And I'll see all you guys next time. Bye-bye.